Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? I hope you said well, because I feel great today. It's nice and cool here. I wish it would stay this way. I really do, but it's it's not going to. You know, this this is a fantasy here in Sacramento. It's just it's, it's going to turn into hell soon. Anyway, my name is Charlotte, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, based out of well, sunny Sacramento, California. Uh, we we have 45 people up and down the state, and uh, for that reason, we can help you. You know, if, no matter where you're at in California, we can help you. It might take us a while to get to you because California is a huge state. Okay. You'd be surprised how much, you know, they don't call it the golden state for nothing because we've got a lot of golden land out there. Right. Um, but uh, if it does take us a day or two to get to you, we do have the ability of calling you uh, via our mediums. because We do have uh, three or four mediums on staff who could call you and talk to you about uh, what you think is going on. And in most cases, they can settle it down before we get out there. And, and, and to tell you the truth, it only takes us, you know, one or two days to be able to get out there. And depending on where you're at, when we go out to investigate, we might do our preliminary in the morning and turn around in the investigation that night. So it just depends on, on where you're located and all that. Anyway, welcome, everybody. We've got a good show tonight. I'm really excited about this. It's a topic that I've been interested in for a long time. And uh, my guest has, has, has a few books on this with you know, dealing with different presidents. So we're going to be talking to him about that. Um, I have a class going on. And there's, there's two classes. Actually, there's a seminar and a class. And now uh, California Haas is looking for investigators right now. We're looking for psychic investigators. We're looking for people that, can, that, that are scientifically minded and people that are believers. We'd like to have a combination of people on our team. But the thing is, we've been doing this for almost 20 years. So I'm very meticulous about how I like things done because it's worked for us over the years. So there's a very intense training class that people go through. And then once you, once you pass through the training class, if you feel like it's something you want to do, then you come out with us on an investigation and then we take it from there. But the training class, you know, includes um, the procedures that the, the, that the team has for doing EVP and things like that, because it's real tight procedures, real tight ship. And how to use all the equipment. Everybody has to know how to use all the equipment from the DVR system all the way down to digital voice recorders. All right. So if that sounds like something you might be interested in, you, you want to join, and I'm going to be honest, you know, I'm not blowing my own horn, but if you, if you want to join one of California's top paranormal teams, come on over to the California Haunts Paranormal Team at Meetup and sign up over there for the class. Okay. The seminar I have going on is for those of you who love good, love the thought of ghost hunting, but don't want to pay for the, don't, you know, don't want to have the funds to deal with the equipment and don't want to have to like, be on a set schedule. We, over the years, we have done a lot of hotels. We've done a lot of public places that that are easy access for people to go into. You know, where the staff is is, is very open about their ghosts. And so, this uh, seminar that I'm going to be doing um, uh, concentrates on that, where I can tell you uh, what places to go to. You know, you might you know places where you might get to eat, stay overnight, or things like that. Plus, you know, we've got evidence from those places to share with you. So I, I want to share the stories about those, the legends about the places, show you what we got as far as evidence, and show you where to go, essentially, you know, to these different places. 
So you can also access that on our meetup. That's going to be on the 9th of July at, uh, I believe, two, I believe 5 p.m. on the 9th of July. And then the other class to uh, join the team is going to be on the 8th of July, and that's going to be a 6 p.m. class. So go ahead and, you know, if that's something you're interested in, you know, and you want to do some paranormal travel without the hassle, come on over and sign up for uh, the uh, seminar, all right? And that's over at the California Haunts Meetup, so check that out. All right, all that being said, tonight we've got Grant Cameron is with us, and we're going to be talking UFOs and UAPs, and we're going to be talking to, talking about the government. You know, we're going to be talking about disclosure. We're going to be talking about what the presidents know, because some of the presidents, you know, some of the presidents know more than the, than they let on. So uh, without further ado, let, 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 me, let me bring Grant in. Good evening. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good, Charlotte. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate your interest. I'm really excited to have you on. Yeah. Tell me about you, sir. Um, I'm a ordinary guy. I live in the coldest major city in the world in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, and it's extremely hot here today. But um, I lived uh, sort of an ordinary life. I was going to university. And I heard a story about uh, an object that was being seen at a town about 30 miles southwest near the American border. And just on a lark, we decided we'd go and see whatever he was looking at. Uh, the thing flew right in front of the car. If it didn't, nothing happened for an hour. I thought there'd be nothing would ever happen. It's like you buy the lottery ticket. You know, there's a chance you can win, but you're not going to win. Mm -hmm. And went out there. And then after an hour, nothing happened. My friend said, we'll go into town one more time. It was a town called Carmen. We don't see anything let's go home i said fantastic this has been a total waste of time we turned the car to go back into town after an hour and the thing came from the left to the right right in front of the car down low bobbing up and down uh red pulsing uh and uh, that was the end of my life and my life just absolutely took a I fell off the edge of the earth everybody else went on with their life and two nights later i brought all my friends out there and i said you got to see this this will change your life it's unbelievable i was so excited and they all took off about 15 minutes before it came. They said, uh, we're, we're going back. When, Grand, we're, this is a waste of time. We're going back to Winnipeg. We're hungry. We're going back to Winnipeg for pizza. And I go, holy cow. So there was eight people left when it came the second night. It came directly at us the second night. First, it was jumping around in the sky. It was one object. And then when it came closer, it was this red object again. It came right at me and it made this little turn. And it sort of went sort of back in the direction where it went, where it came from. And I thought, well, this is pretty cool. That might be extraterrestrial. And then I'm thinking to myself, what's it doing it's not doing anything it's like it's just flying along like and then uh, i spent my whole life trying to figure out that question what's really going on it's um mm -hmm. it's the the bottom line thing that we i think we make a lot of assumptions and we sort of build worldviews. and i don't think it's any of the things that we think it is it's going to be a lot more a lot less physical than people think it's a lot more spiritual than people think uh it will be a thousand times more complex than people think and it won't have a hint of capitalism that's my sort of summation um, I would basically even now say uh, it may turn out to be a total spiritual phenomena. It may be uh, simply a Deepak Chopra idea that we live in a world where everything is an activity inside consciousness. There's no time. There's no space. It's like remote viewing. It's all within you. There is no out there, out there. Uh, this whole idea that we have not a clue. That's why we're not getting anywhere is we're making all sorts of false assumptions about what's going on. So as, as my life went on and this started with the UFO sighting, I had a download in 2012 in which it basically indirectly told me a little bit little by little bit said, uh, you know that you wanted that question of what, what is it? It's got to do with consciousness. And I didn't know what consciousness was. I didn't know what I was talking about. 
that flipped my life upside down. Then I had a big download in 2016, uh, which gave me some hints as to what I had wrong and what I should be looking at. And I've sort of been led piece by piece, book by book. And it gets more, more and more spiritual, less and less physical, and much more bizarre every time I turn around. And so I've come a long way since 1975. And I always point out to people, uh, you, th you think you, this was the way it was always been. It was a totally different world in 1975. There was, there was no crop circles. There was, uh, there was uh, uh, no um, light language. There was all sorts of stuff that doesn't happen. There was no orbs back then. There was no triangles. I saw the first triangle in 76. Uh, and that's, a lot of the stuff has disappeared. Cattle mutilations has basically stopped. Um, ground traces has basically stopped. It's almost like the phenomena is basically, um, um, uh, hang on, I got to get rid of the phone here. <laughs> Dave Scott from Space Star Radio is phoning me. Anyway, um, no, no, so it basically, it's, it's, it's turned into this sort of a, a bizarre sort of world where uh, the more I look at it, the more I think it's going to be uh, something almost like if you if you follow the the or the owl thing, Mike uh -huh. Collin talks about the owls, and uh -huh. when he gets regressed by Yvonne Smith in Los Angeles, he said to Yvonne, "Hey Yvonne, when I'm under, ask me about the owls." And then she said, "Mike, what's with the owls? How come you're obsessed with owls?" And then he starts channeling, and he says, "He says the owls are not important. The owls don't uh -huh. mean anything. The owls are just a symbol. The owls are symbol are a symbol that are posted to a door. It's the door that's important." You see the symbol, you go to the door, and then you go, hey, I wonder what's on the other side of the door. And then you open the door, and it's this vast universe of all sorts of stuff that you've never... And all they're doing, I think I call it the theory of wow. They're just doing really weird things that just sort of break your naive reality down to say, no, it's not this, no, it's not that. And the more we go along, the more we realize the world is not what we, we grew up believing it was. It's getting weirder, less physical. And uh, they're basically indirectly telling us what's going on rather than landing on the White House lawn and telling us because they're, they're going to come in and, and, and land and then we're going to be trying to shoot them. And they're, they're trying to get us to learn the lessons that we teach ourselves. So you can't do your kids homework for them. So that's what they're doing. They're just basically doing these really weird things. They have lights on the craft. Why do they have lights on, on UFOs? So you can see them. They want you to see them. <laughs> right. Why the Nimitz thing drop from 80,000 feet down to sea level? They want you to go. Holy cow, how did that, what the heck is going on? And that's what they're doing. They're making you think. And, and the more you think, the more you get in, you you do investigation because that's what science, how science works. Science works by being curious. When you're curious, you do investigation. If they don't do weird things, they don't take all the blood out of the cow, every last drop of blood, everybody's going to go, ah, eh, it's nothing, don't worry about it. But if you take right. all the blood out, they go, how did they do that? And and you get in, you get drawn down the rabbit hole and that's what they do. And so that that's what it is. So And all the phenomena are tied together. That that's I don't know if you ever interviewed um, Ray Hernandez, who came to me when when he had his his contact where he was able to bring one of these things in, and he put in consciousness and UFOs, and my name popped up, and he came to me, and shortly after I had a meeting with him, he had this uh, inspiration. Uh, he he got a download. He was pulled out of his car in Miami on a freeway when it was stopped, and he was up in wherever he was in non-local space, and they had this wheel spinning, and it had. Uh, ghosts, remote viewing, psychic phenomena, channeling, uh, UFOs, and this wheel was spinning and you could see these images and they said, you got to quit parsing this stuff. It's all the same thing. And that's what I believe is it's all going to be the same thing. It's all the, the basic uh, phenomena is all this consciousness stuff. It's all consciousness. God did not create the heaven and the earth. 
God created the sparks of the divine and we're creating the heaven and earth through consciousness, the observer effect. When we, when you, when you observe something, it comes into physical reality. Or as uh, the channeler Seth said, you manifest everything around you. There is no other rule. And that's the kind of stuff that I think the government may be hiding is they either don't know that or they ain't about to tell you there is no world out there. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, the, the idea, it's a, uh, it's a, an a, illusion. It's just a, a dream. It's a matrix. It's, it's not a physical world the way you think it is. And that kind of stuff, if you're the government, you just you can't be putting that kind of stuff out, even if they understand that, which I don't think they really understand. They're into the nuts and bolts, too. They're trying to get metal. They're trying to build weapons. They want free energy. Let's make some money out of this thing. And that's where that's where their chase is. And uh, but my my thing, I've sort of been led through my life from one uh, synchronicity event. I know exactly which book to do next because there's always a bizarre synchronicity that occurs that basically says you got to do this book. And uh, so that's what I've done. It's just been uh, 48 years of, uh, gradually going down the rabbit hole. And that's all I really do. And, uh, I say, that's like living in the Super Bowl. People will say, I went to Super Bowl. I paid $10,000 for a ticket. And here's my ticket. Look, I went to Super Bowl. I say, Hey, I live in the Super Bowl every single day. <laughs> uh, when you talk about getting down, getting downloads, what, what do you mean? Well, I wrote a book called contact modalities, which were with my theory. My theory is that you have a left brain and a right brain and, and left brains write all sorts of articles and say, this is absolute garbage. It's just one brain. Don't get woo woo about the brains. No, there's two brains. There's a left brain and a right brain. And the left brain is your small self. The small mm -hmm. self thinks that's the, the male side that has the urinating contests and wants to fight and, and thinks it's separate from everything else. And then you have the female brain, which is now coming into the world. And that's the world where we're all one. We have to work as a family. And um, so what the idea is in contact modalities is the idea is to shut down the rational analytical ego left brain, which is talking, which just will not shut up and, and get it to quiet down and say, can you go down these stairs? Quiet, go down. Can you count stairs? Oh, I'm the best stair climb, climber and I can count stairs. Can you follow your breath? Count your breaths. Oh, yeah, I can do that. And basically then after a while, the left brain says, this is, this is garbage. I don't want to do this anymore. And it basically uh -huh. goes to sleep and you say, okay, just keep going and we'll call you in half an hour. we got some work to do. And what you're doing with hypnosis and meditation and all these modalities is you're getting the left brain to go to sleep. So when I had the first download, I was watching a lecture by Colin Andrews in Phoenix, Arizona, and I didn't want to be in the lecture. I had no interest in crop circles, the same as I didn't have any interest in UFOs when I first started. But I'm in the, in the lecture, and he's talking about consciousness and crop circles and stuff. And, and I'm thinking, and all of a sudden, it, it just I, I sort of daydreamed, which is one of the contact modalities. I walk maybe four or five hours a day. And what you do is you're, you're putting the left brain to sleep. You're getting it quieten down, and then you can, you can pick up the signal. So once the noise is gone, you can pick up the signal. And if 40% of all UFO experiencers say at one point during their experience, they need the answer to everything in the universe. Near-death experience people, 31% at one point during their experience, they need the answer to everything in the universe. So their left brain was shut down and they were able to access everything in the universe. So my idea is there's a field. All the information is in the field. The, mm -hmm. And the idea is to shut the left brain down, get in the field, get the, the, the material and bring it back into the, into the world. And I wrote a book called Inspired paranormal world of creativity so i go through nobel prizes i go through all sorts of bizarre stories you think they invented this stuff you don't realize they got it in dreams they got it sitting on a park bench or the thing popped in their head and when i had the experience i was so blown away 
by the absolute certainty. Like the small self, the left brain thinks, the higher self, the right brain knows. And when you've had these experiences, you know there is no doubt in your mind. You, it comes with this absolute certainty and this absolute excitement. It's like, oh, that's the answer. It's like, so you're saying, who, who is your first boyfriend or girlfriend? And your name right. pops in your head and you say, well, how do you know that? I know, I know, I, I know for sure. Don't tell me, I don't know. And it's that kind of certainty. So when that happened to me, I, I started to look. And that's when I found the first thing I found was Paul McCartney. The song Yesterday came to mm -hmm. him in a dream in the middle of the night. And he got up and he recorded the song. He went to all his friends. He said, have you ever heard this song before? And he thought someone had recorded it and nobody had recorded it. And that's the whole thing is I realized that everybody was starting to have these people had these these uh, these uh, download experiences. And even people like Gary Nolan, who's the from Stanford, famous uh uh, geneticist from Stanford who's working with UFO experiencers and checking their DNA and doing the brain scans on, on experiencers, UFO experiencers. He, he made the expression and I went to him because I, I'd had the same thing. He said, I don't know how it works. He said, I don't know if there's little elves in my head, but I know how to make it work. And he talks about the fact that he'll go through a problem at Stanford and he'll analyze the whole problem. And then he'll write on a piece of paper, put it beside the bed. He'll go to bed. He said, and the next morning or within the next couple of days, the answer it comes in his head, not an idea. The answer comes in his head. And and so people will describe this fact that you can you can get in the field and get the material and bring it back out. But it's this right brain, left brain, which I think is key to to all sorts of paranormal phenomena. Remote viewing. How do you do remote viewing? You don't you don't go anywhere. You you, you, you get your target and then they tell you to record what you sense, what you smell, what you taste, the size, the color, whatever. And don't guess. Guessing is called analytical overlay. That's the left brain. If I say to you, oh, I got a target and it's in Egypt. And then your left brain goes, I know what it is. It's the king's chamber in the pyramid. I know it. Don't tell me. I know everything. And it, it gets in the way. And so the idea is to, to get all the senses, which is all right brain. It's symbols. It's colors. It smells and stuff. And don't guess what it is. As soon as the left brain gets in there, it's called analytical overlay. And it's game over because... Uh, that's what they discovered, that the, the the remote viewers are getting everything in the right brain right. They're getting the color, the smell, all this kind of stuff. But the minute they tried to name it, they got it wrong. And that's analytical overlay. And, they, and the analytical overlay, the left brain, is if you looked at split brain research, left brain is always wrong. That's where the skeptic comes from. So somebody will say, oh, I saw something in the in the Western sky. The left brain goes, oh, I know it is Venus. And, and they, they want to return it to a, to a naive reality. There's no paranormal phenomenon. It's just an ordinary world. And, and they'll make these things. And skeptics mm -hmm. will be almost like left brain uh, people where they, they double down. They'll just keep doubling down. They'll get very angry. And so that's this whole idea. So when I had the download, and in 2017, I had a download. I was given 24 different things. And uh, that one, I, I by then, I knew what it felt like. I know when I'm in the field. I know when it's coming. And I get this excitement and I ha happened to have a piece of paper. It was cold. I remember I, had my, I took my glove off. I started to write and basically said to me, the download was, hey, if, if the is the world made out of little nuts and bolts? If it is, well, that's one world. But if it's made out of consciousness. That's a completely different world and all the rules will change. Is it one life? If it's one life, that's one world with certain rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. But if it's multiple lives, that's a different world. All the rules are going to change. Is it random? If it's random, that's one world. But if it's not random, if it's pattern, then it's a totally different world. And it was like this and this. And I'm writing this stuff down. And I remember exactly where I was and uh, in and walking down the street. And then I took my, uh, it sort of stopped. And then I took put my glove back on, started walking, and started to come again. And I got about 24 of these different things that, that basically said, is it this or is it this? You think it's this? And I was even told in, in some of my downloads, you think you know, you haven't got a clue what's going on. You're so arrogant. You think you understand everything. 
And uh, not only is what you've got wrong, it's exactly the opposite of what you think it is. And so when you get these kind of messages, so that, that's been my life has moved more and more to this sort of uh, spiritual, not spiritual, but um, the idea of what is reality. That's what, what I'm trying to solve instead of trying to figure out, because a lot of people go for stories that can, you know, uh, just tonight I was having an interview and they wanted to talk about Bob Lazar. Well, what difference does it make if Bob Lazar was on the base Area 51 or not? It doesn't make, uh, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a story and it, it's interesting and you can listen to the story or whatever, but my interest is in what's really going on here. What, what, what is this phenomena doing here? What is it trying to tell us? And uh, so that that's where I've gone with my, with my life. And that's, that's basically all I do now is just try to unravel this mystery. To me, it's like a big chess game of uh-huh. figuring out why is the other, what's the other side doing? Why, why is that piece moving? And I don't move a piece until I know. And uh, to me, it's like a big game and I'm just trying to figure it out. Well, you know, I was looking through your books and stuff and it's fascinating because years ago I knew about uh, President Clinton, you know, and, and his knowing, his knowledge of, 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 of what's going on. And, yeah. and, when I when I heard you on the other guy's show, it was fascinating to hear, you know how 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 much the the, the government the you know does know that, that that they're not telling us. Yeah, but I but I think the thing is that like Barack Obama had they asked him after the uh, the Nimitz thing came out, and he said, yeah, we've we've got the films, yeah, we had these films, and yeah, but we don't know what it is, and that's what I think mm-hmm. the whole key is. Yeah, they got bodies. Yeah, they got crafts. That doesn't mean they know what they what 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 actually where these things are right. from or or what it is. Right. It's like I just wrote a book on our ports. Things mm-hmm. that fall out of the ceiling, and uh, and you know swords and also it's just the weirdest thing. And then it happened to me. I, I got the synchronicity that said write the book, and then I started to have these things. And um, it's it's that kind of thing where you 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 see that it's 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 way weirder than people think, or even the idea like if you if you're familiar with the Wilson leak document, which is a big document that was leaked about uh, Admiral Wilson, a Joint Chiefs of Staff intelligence mm-hmm. officer who was cut out of the loop. And he, in in when when it, when this document that I put on the internet, he basically said, uh, "We got a craft, and we think it'll fly." So I actually did a book. I got led down that rabbit hole where I talked to a woman who's in her seventies. They said, oh, "We got to talk to Pam Dupuis." I said, "Yeah, oh yeah, I've talked to Pam Dupuis," and she said, "Oh yeah, yeah." And she's telling me all of her remote viewer, and I've been abducted, and they, whatever. And it's like, okay, you know, listening to these stories, I'm with her in the house, and then she said, "Yeah," and last night I was flying the craft, and I said, "What? You're you're flying the craft?" And I'm, I was ready to tell, throw her out of the house. I was like, yeah, you're insane. Like, come on, you're 70 years old. You, I mean, a Saudi Arabian woman is not allowed to drive a car unless there's a man in the car. And you right. can't you fly the craft with no insurance, no license, nothing. So we have flown three different models. And I said, why do you fly the craft? She said, oh, you do it with your mind. And then these people started coming to me. I had 36 people in a book. I put them together. And it was this whole idea that you, you go into the craft. The craft is 30 feet on the outside. And the inside, it's as big as a football stadium. You can see in 360 degrees. You put your hand on a panel and they say, go within yourself. It's within you. Where do you want to go? And you can go to the far side of the universe. And you put your hand on a panel. The craft is alive. It's conscious. You become one with the craft. And whatever you think is what the craft does. And that's the kind of world. So in this Wilson Leaf document, it says, we have a craft and we think it'll fly. And he said, oh, it's just disinformation. They're putting this disinformation. They got a craft and they think it'll fly. I said, no, it looks like they've got an intact craft that was given to them, but they can't turn it on because you need a consciousness interface. You need someone to put your hand on the panel and make it go. So they've got it, but they can't, they can't fly the thing. And that makes sense. And you, you start seeing that. And then you see what a strange world it is. And anybody tells me that the U.S. government has got crafts that are 30 feet on the outside and that are the uh, the size of a football field inside, or this woman that flew the craft 
told me that the the craft the aliens have crafts that are the size of solar systems they can make wow. the craft as big as they want because it's made out of consciousness it's all made mm -hmm. out of consciousness and they know how it works and we don't even even when they came the one experiencer was told when we come into your world we can take on a body we can take on whatever body we want but we don't need a body we but we we need one to come into your world to work in your world you can do the same thing you just don't realize it and that's what we don't. We we're stuck in this this belief system that we're we're nuts and bolts, and there's a soul inside of us, and we don't realize it's all basically made out of consciousness. And when you realize that, then you can start to uh, the world becomes more plastic, and it becomes more uh, ability to turn. But we're still in this very left brain uh, male world where it's me versus you. Uh, the ends justifies the means. It's all about winning. It's not about uh, you know uh, working together and like that. It's like a, a football team where everybody's everybody's in the huddle and everybody says shut up. You don't tell me to. I'm not going to block. Are you kidding? I'm going for a pass. I mean, don't tell me. And and it's the idea that they're trying to get across to us is that if you all work together, 85 trillion cells in the human body, they all work exactly together, working as one to keep you alive. Once one cell goes rogue and decides it's going to do its own thing, that's called cancer. And mm -hmm. that's what the, the message is that they're trying to get across to us. But they're doing it indirectly because they can't, you can't walk in. Uh, otherwise, nobody's going to listen. They, they want mm -hmm. you through these weird things that they do that eventually you'll figure it out yourself. Well, I can agree with you on that because like you say, like you say, uh, them allowing us to figure it out by ourselves. There's too many debunkers. There's too many guys out there that are going to be negative right away. <laughs> you know, they're, they're looking for to, to, to debunk this stuff. So like you say, by, by them, you know, feeding us little by little, it prepares us for the eventuality of, of actually making contact and all that. Yeah. Yeah. They did with that. Yeah, the debunkers are basically left brain. That's that's left brain. Because mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. what happens in the left brain, if you've seen the split brain research that won the 1982 Nobel Prize, basically mm -hmm. what they would do is they, they have people with split brains that had their corpus callosum was cut, so the brains couldn't communicate with each other. And they would put uh, signals, and they discovered there was this thing called the left brain interpreter inside mm -hmm. the left brain. And what it does is there's, there's two pieces of information, and this thing immediately fills in the blank. And what happened was they found out that it was every single time it was wrong. So they would give a signal to the female right brain and they'd say, get up and walk around. Then they'd say to the person, hey, how come you walked around? Now you're talking to the left brain because that's where the language center is. It's in the it's in the male left brain. So the male left brain has no idea why I got up and walked around, but it'll make an excuse. And then you'll you'll say, no, the reason you got walked around was because of this and they will deny it they'll say no that's not why i walked around and it'll double down and get angry and that's like the skeptic so the skeptic it, it, the left brain doesn't want anything new it wants everything stable the way it was i know everything i don't need a briefing i don't need to read a book i don't need nothing i know everything about everything and to say oh there's something you don't know the left brain just goes no 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 it's it's planet venus it's swamp gas it's whatever and it'll just come up and then it'll double down and it will not back off and that's what you see with skeptics. What you, uh, people think, well, you can convince these people. You can't convince anybody. I was good friends with Stanton Friedman, who worked on this for 61 years. He argued with all the top skeptics in the UFO field, uh, uh, class and uh, uh, Carl Sagan and all these right. people. And he never convinced anybody of anything. They never changed their mind. Once you've no. got an idea in your head, we don't realize how much belief plays in, into mm -hmm. what happens is we get these belief systems and then it's very hard to get them out. Or, or as Max Planck says, you do, you do not advance science by convincing your opponent that you're right. Science mm -hmm. advances. And I say every paranormal field advances the same way. One funeral at a time. 
and the new generation comes along and it's not offended with the idea. So you go to young kids today, they're much more open to the fact that there's ghosts and there's paranormal phenomena and all this kind of stuff. But you talk to the old people. And so when a skeptic gives it to me, I say, don't worry, you know, another hundred years you'll be dead. And, and the, the new generation will just sort of ignore who, who is, who will ever remember who a skeptic was in the, in the past. Like who is the skeptic that said the world was, was flat and maintained that, or the, the sun went around the earth and stuff. Those people don't. It's the people who are on the edge that, that bring out the new ideas that write, get written in history. Skeptics will, will, will go nowhere. Everybody will forget who they are. But skeptics is basically just this thing inside the left brain. And the, the scary part is it's wrong every single time. So when you hear a skeptic throw something out, it's just that left brain saying, oh, no, no, I, I've got an answer. It's this. And, and wants to return it to what I call this naive world of reality that there are no paranormal phenomena. And it, you, so you have you do ghosts and mostly and I do uh, UFO stuff. Right. And so basically, if this paranormal phenomena exists, there's something wrong with their idea of the physical world. And, and they're saying, no, 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 it's the physical world. No, no, if this stuff exists, this would not be going on if the world was the way you describe it. But people don't want to switch the world. They, they're comfortable in this world. And the left brain hates change. It wants everything to be stationary. And it's the, so we're moving from this, this world of fighting, me versus you, war, all this kind of stuff. And we're moving into the right brain. But it's going to take, it's going to take generations to do because it, it moves slowly. And uh, the phenomena is not interested in, in uh, we're into Western uh, society where we want everything yesterday. And it's not about getting stuff. It's not about, you know, getting a, a big house and then two cars and put your kids through mm-hmm. university. And then let's get some spiritual stuff to add to it. It's not that. It's, it's the process. It's about learning. And so they don't care how slow this thing goes. They're just moving us along through this thing. And uh, that's where I point out. 1975, believe me, it was a completely different world than it was now. Uh, none of the stuff I believed in 75 do I believe anymore. I used to think all this idea about consciousness was crazy. And even consciousness itself, 10 years ago, if you were in a, an academic and you talked about consciousness, you could lose your tenure. I mean, uh-huh. this was uh, crazy stuff, same as UFOs. And then suddenly comes the, the phenomenon makes you accustomed to what's going on. So you have 1947 all the way to 19 or 2017, you have UFO sightings and people are, no, nah, no, nah, it's garbage, garbage. The skeptic keeps going and the left brain keeps saying, no, no, no. And then 2017, New York Times comes out and says, oh, it's it's for real. The government does have a UFO investigation and everybody goes, yeah, I knew that already. And because it, it had been moved up, the consciousness rises uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then it just moves. And then everybody says, oh, but where are they from? And you just go to the next thing. And that's what they're doing. They're just slowly doing these things to, uh, to raise people's consciousness. Because the more you and I talk about this kind of stuff, the more people hear it, the more they think about it. And right. the, the more the consciousness rises in the, in the end, everybody make the right, right decision. But you have to go through the process yourself. It's not something that uh, people, I always say with paranormal phenomena or with UFOs, people keep confusing it with Santa Claus. This is not Santa Claus. It's not here to feed the poor people. It's not here to do anything. It's just doing this thing where it's it's doing these little breadcrumbs and it's shattering reality and it's making us think, hey, something's going on here. And then people like you, people like me, we may have a soul contract. We may have whatever where we decide, or we're going to go into this and we're going to have podcasts. Mm-hmm. And we may even have had you and I may even had an agreement before we were born. We had a meeting and said, sure. you do the podcast. I'm going to do this. And we all do this kind of stuff and we all come in. And that is an idea that's getting more and more uh, weight as we go along is the idea that if reincarnation is a fact, then you and I probably came in here to do something. Uh, we didn't come in here on a random uh, whim. And uh, all we got to do is figure out, uh, uh, you know, what are we supposed to do and how are we going to do it? Because I believe that when you leave the world, they only ask you one question. How did it work out? Because you planned it. It's like you can't mm-hmm. blame Hillary Clinton. You can't blame your mother-in-law. You can't blame the dog ate the homework. They're going to go time out, time out. 
you planned this whole thing. How did it work out? Don't bring everybody else in. They got nothing to do. And so we can't really worry about what everybody else is doing, what they believe. Mm -hmm. All we got to do is worry about is why did I come in here? What am I supposed to be doing? And am I doing it? And what everybody else is doing is totally irrelevant. Fascinating. And I, and I agree with you 100%. When we talk about uh, Jimmy Carter, yeah. tell me about his involvement with all this. Well, he sort of got dragged in. I think if Jimmy Carter had to do it, or I'm just guessing, but I, I don't think he uh -huh. would have uh, did the sighting. He he got the sighting and he he got tagged as being the UFO president, and uh, he he didn't like it. For example, he just before he um, in 1973 he had a uh, he filled out a UFO sighting and said he had a UFO sighting uh, uh, outside a um, um, uh, Alliance Club meeting in Leary, Pennsylvania. Uh, the date is un very uncertain as to when it occurred, and mm -hmm. uh, so he he was in a scrum in 1976 running for president. And the National Enquirer was in this uh, this uh, scrum of reporters. And they, one reporter asked him from the National Enquirer, said, if you become president, are you going to release all the UFO stuff? You saw UFO. And he said, yeah, yeah. He said, I saw UFO. And if I if I could become president, I'm going to release every piece of information that's available, except for the classified material. And everybody always leaves that part out. He didn't say he was going to release everything. He said uh -huh. everything that isn't metal or classified, which is like everything. And uh, so when he got in, he went to uh, uh, Bush. And he got his intelligence briefing. And I guess he asked about the UFO stuff, but he wasn't asking for all the UFO stuff. I think people mm -hmm. mistake that. He he was asking for the stuff for the people, which is not the Roswell stuff. He's the president. He can ask for the Roswell stuff. And anybody gets in his way, he fires him. And just until he finds out the stuff. They had they mm -hmm. since subordination, you you gotta answer the president. But so he said, I need the stuff for the president and for the people. And what Bush said to him is curiosity is not sufficient need to know. And he's absolutely right. If you see what's going on now, people say, we want disclosure. When's the government going to release it? And it's like we we talked to the at, in 1980s, late 1980s and early 1990s. We talked to the, the head of the uh, biggest military think tank in the United States, the chairman of the board. And he said, why should we change the rules and the and the and the regulations to satisfy your curiosity? Admit it. You're just curious. And he's absolutely right. That's all people want. They just, they're curious. It's like, we, you know, we, we, we've got, uh, you know, there's nothing on TV tonight. I mean, what are the UFOs? Let's get an answer right. or whatever. And it's going to be like everything else. It's the, the news cycle now moves 24 seven. It's going to be on Twitter for 15 minutes. And then we're on to the next story. So mm -hmm. that's what they're saying is we're, we're trying to develop weapons or metal or whatever they're trying to do. And we don't really care what the people think. We, we don't, we're not here to, to give you, and same, the, the beings are not the same thing. They're, they're not here to, to sort of entertain us or anything like that. So uh, Carter, um, uh, what he did was uh, he didn't want to touch it. It's a it's a toxic issue for anybody, whether it's a politician or whether it's an academic or whatever. So he didn't want to touch it. So, but he did want to fulfill his promise. So what he did is he sent, for example, Jody Jody Powell, who was his press secretary. He sent him to the FBI and he put great pressure on the FBI to release all the UFO files. He sent a lawyer to the uh, CIA. The CIA was under an FOIA lawsuit and they were trying to hide documents that they had for UFOs. And this lawyer, she was a female, she broke down crying because they were hiding documents and they were giving her a hard time or whatever. And so she was there. And then her, his the press secretary, his, press sec no, his um, science advisor went to NASA and trying to get another blue book study for them to do. And NASA said, you cut our budget. You're threatening to cut our budget. Now you want us to do UFO? No, we're not doing UFO. If you got metal, we'll look at metal. 
and uh, there, there was a SRI. They were going to do a study until the Pentagon came and shut it down. So he did this stuff, but it never had Carter's fingerprints on it because he didn't want his fingerprints on it. And even I point out numerous times, Gerald Ford was very adamant when he, before he became president as well, that he was going to get to the bottom of this thing. He was going to get the uh, military people. He was going to put them under oath and he was going to make them tell what's actually going on here. And both Jimmy Carter and Gerald Ford, as soon as they became president, never used the word UFO ever as they were president. It was sort of like toxic issue. Don't touch it. And they were probably told this is something we, if you need to tell you, we'll tell you. But this is something Bill Clinton called it the tar baby story, the, the Arkansas tar baby story where Burr Rabbit got, gets caught by the, the fox. He sets up this tar baby and then Burr Rabbit talks to the tar baby and doesn't answer. So he gets mad and punches the tar baby and gets his hand stuck to the tar baby. Then he punches him with the other hand. He gets his other hand stuck and then he uses his feet. Next thing you know, he's caught because he's all stuck uh -huh. to the tar baby. And that's what Bill Clinton says. This is the tar baby story. You don't want to touch this story because you get stuck to the story. And they want to be like Jimmy Carter wanted to be the guy who won the Nobel Prize for peace and uh -huh. work with Habitats for Humanity and be the, you know, the smart guy. Everybody wants to be the smart guy. Nobody wants to do the UFO thing. So he did do stuff in the background. I point out the fact that he was doing stuff in the background, but it was an issue that even in the end, you know, as, as he left the White House, uh, he refused to talk about it. Uh, when he did get caught asking a question, he would basically even deny. Now he says he doesn't believe extraterrestrial life has visited the Earth. And then he thinks that what he saw may have been a, a test from a from a base near where he, where he saw it. So he's become sort of skeptical. But I think it's more the fact that, for, like a lot of people, it, it just isn't interesting. It's not something that's really all that important to him. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, But he did have the sighting, and he has become known as the UFO president. And uh, so what happened was he he was diagnosed, uh, you know, terminal. He's gone into hospice. So I, mm -hmm. I've had all the presidential stuff and I don't do it anymore because what difference does it make? What the president knows or doesn't matter? Does, what difference does it make whether he knows right. or not? It doesn't, doesn't change anything. It's like COVID. Who invented COVID? Who cares who invented COVID? It doesn't matter. It, it happens. It happens. It's the experience you have. So, uh, you know, he... Uh, he, he may have known, he may have not have known. So when, when it was announced that he was in hospice care, I said, well, I've got all these files on his thing and I'll tell people what he actually did. So he, he, he didn't cover up the way people say he covered up, but then he didn't really push the issue either. He, he put it out there and he did, uh, the minimum and you can see he had, he had the letters. He had, I think 10,000 letters, even the book, I put a photograph of the bags, mailbags coming in and people were saying, come on, you, you promised to release the files. Where are you going to release the files? And, uh, all those letters came into the white house. So he became this very famous guy. He was very interested in paranormal phenomena. He actually talks about the remote viewing where he talks about these two, he, he, he got it all mixed up. He, he talked about a medium that had found a small American plane in Africa. It wasn't, it was a Russian Tupolev 22, uh, top secret. It was a, a, a supersonic bomber that had been converted to an intelligence platform. It had crashed in Northern Africa and the CIA was looking for it with satellites and they couldn't find it. So they, they gave the tasking to two remote viewers, one at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, one at SRI, and they found it and they found this thing. And Jimmy Carter when they got the report back that it was exactly where uh, they said it was, he said it was the most amazing thing he'd ever seen as president was this thing. And his wife was fascinated with ghosts. She said that their their house had been haunted. And um, uh, she also was fascinated with Yuri Geller. Yuri Geller tells me the story about how he bent the spoon in front of uh, Rosalind Carter. And she takes a photograph. He's holding me a spoon in Mexico. And he's sitting right beside Henry Kissinger. And then he goes, oh, and it's, now it's your turn, Henry Kissinger. And he said, no, no, don't read my mind. I got too many secrets. <laughs> so there's these stories about the, the paranormal stuff. But, but if you're the president, you want to be the cool guy. You don't want to get dragged into 
uh, ghosts or paranormal phenomena. Right. Obama was the, the big guy. Obama Obama is actually producing a documentary with his wife now on Betty and Barney Hill. Uh, and so when you get a president doing a documentary on you two UFO abductees, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, he was fascinated in the subject. He used to come out and, and make jokes about it. And uh, I, I knew he was he was fascinated with the subject. Now filed for FOIA for all his documents about the briefing. I know he was given a briefing who gave the briefing. And uh, but now we have to wait for all this stuff to be declassified by the National Records Administration. And it may take years. But uh, uh, Obama was fascinated. Uh, Bill Clinton was fascinated. Uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, Johnson did a study. He was forced to do a study. And I've got the actual report uh, by the guy who was going to write a book on the report. And what he said, the, the president was told is yes, almost what Obama said. Yes, we have photographs. Yes, this is for real. Yes, these are crafts from wherever, but we haven't got a clue where they're from and that's the whole thing that people have a hard time wrapping their head around is the the idea that you can have bodies and crafts and still not have a clue what's actually going on and even the, there's a top cia guy who had the beings in his room his name is jim semivan jim semivan got the actual classified briefing so he knows sort of what the government knows and he said uh there does not appear to be any there there and he said uh, people the, the idea that we can connect the dots. I doubt that we can connect the dots. In fact, he said, I would be very surprised if there were any dots. And when you hear some guy talking about that, and that's this consciousness thing, it just sort of fades away into this consciousness thing. And that's why we've had no progress that we've, it's called the core story. Uh, and this goes back in the 1980s, three of the top uh, UFO people got together that were government connected. And they said, there's a lot of garbage going around the UFO community. What do we know for sure? And it became known as the core story based upon what uh, CI directors had told. And that was, we are being visited by something. Uh, we've got hardware and we're not doing very well back engineering the hardware. And you're not doing back engineering it because it has this consciousness interface that people really don't understand. It's It's got to do with consciousness. There is no little engine in the craft that you can pull out and, you know, make, make money and uh, have free energy. And mm -hmm. in terms of free energy, it's all free energy. So it's the same thing. It's it's it, you, it, Whoever develops it, they're still going to charge you for the machine and for the energy. It's going to be controlled by the same people who control the energy now. So there's no free lunch. There's nothing. The being, But the beings are here, and they're doing this really weird stuff of calculations and ports and dropping stuff and uh, UFO sightings. And uh, the sightings are changing, and they're all this weird stuff where they're trying to get you to, to understand even, even the idea of ghosts and stuff like that. A lot right. of that, uh, I had the interview with Leslie Kane. If you, if you followed uh, her work, she does, uh, I do a lot on physical mediums, which I think is very important. People who can do physical mediumship. And when I got the chance to interview, her, I just said, Hey, I got one question for you. Did, did you actually see the hand? And she said, yeah, I saw the hand. I said, tell me the story about the hand. And she talks about sitting at this little table in this physical medium thing with the glass. And there's a red light under the glass and this sort of smoke and this sort of uh, ectoplasm starts coming up on top of the glass and goes and starts to form into this hand. And, it, and, and suddenly the hand is sitting right in front of her and she touches it and she holds it. And she said, I have held the hand four or five times, a few times. And she said it was a real hand. I could feel the tendons and the muscles and it was warmer than a regular hand. It was soft like a child's hand, but it was an actual hand. And then she said it banged on the table a couple of times and then it just went back into its ectoplasm and disappeared. And that's what's happening. Whatever these phenomena are they can come into the physical world take on a physical form and then go back into the world that they came from 
and you can go and that goes into the ghost. It goes into my father just before my father died. He, um, his father came to him and died in 1956. And he told my mother, dad was here today. And my mother said, really? And then uh, he, she, uh, she said, yeah. So what did he say? My father said, he was just here. That's all you need to know. And the question is, if reincarnation is a fact, why would he come as my grandfather? And the reason is he can take on the grandfather's uh, form and come in physical into the into the hospital room because if he came as anything else, my father wouldn't know who it is. So right. all these beings, whether it's ghosts or whatever, uh, can can take on physical form. They can come in and then go back where they came from. We can do the same thing. We just don't understand how the world works. We think it's a physical world and they're in this other world and it's it's the same world. They they just understand more about how to move from one world to the other and we don't. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's a link between ghosts and these uh, aliens? Absolutely. It's all the same thing. In fact, Bashar talks about the dreams. Bashar, the alien channeler, says, we come to you in your dreams because now you're in our world. This is the whole idea. It's all right. in that world. It's that non-local world that when you move into that world, uh, it's it's a world that's a lot more plastic than this world. It's not the physical world we think it is. And it's 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 so it, it, they're all manifesting in different ways so you you have ghosts and then you have you have the uh the the ones that come in physical mediums they're a little bit different and everybody's doing their own little play it's like all the world's a stage all the men women aliens and ghosts are but actors they have their entrance and exits each man plays many roles we make the mistake of thinking we're the actor on the stage we are not the actor on the stage all spiritual literature says one key thing remember who you actually are you're not the actor on the stage you're watching the actor when you leave the stage, you will leave and you will go on and become something else. You, and, and we think that we, because we played King Henry VIII, now we're King Henry VIII. No, you're not King Henry VIII. You're playing King Henry VIII. And that's where we, we, we make this mistake. So that's all this non-local world. It's all a field. It's all one thing. And people will say there's different levels. There's different dimensions. I say, no, it's all the same thing. It's like water. So take the idea of consciousness and water. You drop into the water. You, you go down 150 feet in the water and you say to the fish beside you and you say, hey, what dimension am I on? What level am I on? And the fish goes, are you crazy? You're in the water. There's no levels. There's no, you're in the water. It's all the same thing. And the thing is that when you're, when we are at the bottom of the, of the ocean, we're in the dark. And, the, and some people have learned to levitate. They've learned to move up into the water. And the higher you get in the water, the closer you get to the light on the top and the more you can see. And so people come back and say, oh, I was in this world and I saw ghosts and I saw my dead uh, relatives and, and whatever. And then they float back into the darkness and everybody says, ah, come on. The left brain skeptic says, ah, baloney, you just made it up and have right. you know, 500 different explanations. Yeah, it's all the same thing. It's all consciousness, different variations. And it's like a game. So we come in to do these these various games and we're we're learning lessons through doing it and you you see all ufos are basically different all the ghosts are i, I make jokes like you know some of the stuff doesn't make sense why do ghosts have clothes and why do aliens are naked and that's right. why so when i'm on board i have someone on board a ship i always say hey when you you're on you saw the alien and yeah you have any clothes on and they either say he had a, they all were and were in the same uniform or they say no he didn't have any clothes on i go really didn't you think that was kind of strange? You had an alien, didn't have clothes on? And they go, yeah, I never thought of that. It was kind of weird. And I said, do you have any sex organs? They say they're raping our women. You know that. And did they have any sex organs? And they go, no, no. They come to think of it. No, I don't think they did. No, they didn't. Do they have a belly button? No, they have a belly button. And it's like, what is it really? What, what, what's really going on? Or, for example, if you fight, start Dr. Michael Newton, which crosses over the two. Michael Newton, he had the, the did the life between life thing. So he'd take the person. Mm -hmm into their last life, 7,000 people. And he brought this one guy who was a, a fire and brimstone preacher in his last life. He takes him into the spirit world. And then the guy goes, oh my God, the devil's here. And Newton goes, what? The devil's here? Where? Where? And he says, right in front of you. Can't you see him? He's right here. 
And he said, really? He's like, so what's he look like? And he says, well, he's got uh, leathery skin and he's got fiery red eyes. And he's, he's, he's looking at me and he's glaring at me. And he says, well, what's he wearing? He said, oh, he's wearing, uh, he, he describes the top from the waist up. And they says, but nothing sort of from the bottom down. It's kind of all smoky. And then Newton says, go into the future and tell me who this actually is. And then he says, oh, I knew it. It's my soul guide. He's got a mask on. He's always doing this to me. He's, he's playing games with me. And he said, he's giving me a message. Now, you know what it's like to sit in your congregation and listen to fire and brimstone. And 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 this is the idea is what are, what is it really? So when you're looking at something, you say it's this, it's that, and you describe it or whatever. The right. question is, what is it really when you when you come down to it? And I say it's all going to be consciousness taking a very form and to try to learn lessons. What why why do they come here? I, I think it's all altruistic. They're all here to help because that's how it works. We're the only ones that have this idea of it's all about me and and whoever's got the most toys when the guy wins and stuff like that. It's all altruistic. When you when you go there and you you realize that your children or your grandchildren or whatever are in trouble, the world's in trouble. You say, do you want to go back? And you say, yeah, I'd like to go back and help because I mean, how long if you go into the the the, the, the afterlife into heaven or how long can you sit on a beach in Hawaii and drink Mai Tais? How many billion right. years do you think you can do that? After about the first one month, you're going to go, oh, I got to do something. This is kind of boring. And that's what it is. It's this play where we all contribute. We all try to make the world a bigger and a, a more brilliant place. We're all sparks of the divine. We're all creating the universe. And as we develop, the world gets more complex, more magnificent. And God's just sitting there eating popcorn and watching this. And if your movie gets very boring, then he says, ah, I'm getting out of here. And he goes in the next theater and gets some more popcorn and watches a more dramatic play that's going on there. We're the ones creating the play. We're not victims. It's not like I got born in Winnipeg, the coldest major city in the world. How unfair is that? I mean, oh, you got California. I mean, if I lived in California, man, then I would really do something with my life. And, and it's that kind of thing that the ego wants to, to play the victim. And it's all about lessons. Everybody gets to play the role. Everybody gets to be the refugee. Everybody mm -hmm. gets to die young, all this kind of stuff. And it's all about lessons. It's all about this sort of a magnificent play that, that is going on. But we got to remember who we are. We are the higher self that knows. We are not the small self. We are not the ego. If, if reincarnation is a fact, the ego, when you die, you will realize life was a dream. And in your next life, your this life will become a forgotten dream. Don't take it too seriously. Mm -hmm. you, you, you make good points because um, after reading, and a lot of my listeners know I did this, after reading um, the abduction in the Mojave, or, or what is it, the Mojave incident. Yeah. And seeing the aftermath of when they, of the aliens, when they were you know, coming back and forth, it got me to thinking about what I do as a ghost hunter and because a lot of that fits in perfect with ghost hunting, you know, it gets very cold and they can come through walls and sure. they, they can appear as, as any, as any human. Right. Yeah. And so I started to wonder whether or not we're not hunting ghosts. We are hunting these alien yeah. beings. Yeah. In fact, if you, I don't, I don't know what the figure was, but there was a study done of 4,000 experiencers. Uh, and that's what you got to do is you got to go to the people who are having the experience, not mm -hmm. the left brain people who've got an opinion, who cares? Everybody's right. got an opinion. And, and what you find is that uh, de dead people show up on the ship all the time and people get very angry. They're not really happy. It's like, you think you're, your wife or husband is there and you, and they'd be furious. So the one guy, his dog, he said, they're playing games. with me. I was furious that they brought my dog on. He was playing with his dog. And, mm -hmm. and, and that's the whole thing. You see that. And, and if you follow Whitley Strieber, um, when, when he did uh, communion, they got 200,000 letters and, and Strieber, his wife uh, was going through these letters. And she said, Whitley, whatever we're dealing with here has something to do with death. And this is the whole deal. It ties in. And when she died, she said to him this key thing that I always bring up when I talk to Whitley. She said, Whitley, I'm no longer Anne, but I'll always be Anne to you. 
So she'd gone on to play another role. She's on another stage now, but we played the, the role. So I'm Anne to you. And that's the whole thing. There is this connection of dead people uh, on board ships and stuff. And uh, so you, you, you see that, that there is this very direct connection. Uh, the worlds are all the same, but we, we, we want to separate it. We want to say there's spiritual worlds, there's ghost worlds, there's right. physical worlds and stuff. And it's all the same thing. It's just a variation. And these people can move from one, one to the other, or they know, they know how to bring them in. And uh, I think it's very encouraging in, in the fact that it, it's, it's a much more complex world. We, we want to be taught that we're random, we're biological robots in a random, meaningless universe. And the more you look at this, the more you say, this is the most amazing uh, universe. It gets more complex and more magnificent, and more grand, the more you look at it. And that's the message we got to sort of get out to people is that, that there, there's this stuff going on and enjoy it and learn that that uh the world is not as simple as you think it is and that uh life may be very much more valuable and and complex than you think it is um when you talk about the government how hard is it to get that research from from the government well it depends i mean that's what i say there may not be anybody in the government that really knows i mean right. I, i've dealt i do because i had the experience and because i saw this thing and i said you know, what is this thing really like? What, what's it doing? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I went after the Canadian government and I went after uh, the CIA. Uh, you know, I've got people in the CIA that I've co corresponded with that that have what called a weird desk where they supposedly deal with this and all the paranormal phenomena and stuff like that. And I went after the president of the United States and, and stuff like that. And uh, my conclusion was that they, they may know the very basics, like the Canadians in 1950 mm -hmm. wrote a top secret memo and said, uh, we were told by American officials flying saucers exist. It's the most highly classified subject in the United States. It's of tremendous significance to the Americans. There's a small group headed by Dr. Vannevar Bush trying to figure mm -hmm. out what's going on. And we we're also told by American officials that other things might be associated with the flying saucers, such as mental phenomena. The Americans aren't doing very well because they said if we're willing, if they were working on it, they're willing to exchange credentials and talk to us. So in 1950, they already, they already knew there was this mental phenomena connection. But in terms of figuring it out, they haven't figured it out because we're so stuck in the physical world in terms of, uh, and and if if you're in the government, you're not going to want to go down the physical, the, the spiritual route because that's not mm -hmm. going to get you weapons. What we want is physical stuff. We want weapons. We want technology. How do you put a bull inside a trailer? How do you, how do you take this woman, puts her groceries out and goes in the next room and it comes back and all the groceries are back in the bag. How do you do that? That's what we'd like to know. How do you get inside someone's head and put a message in someone's head? How do you how do you get documents and 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 bring them back and then put them back in the vault and nobody knows you were there? All all these kind of stuff. So everybody's looking for their their thing because it takes a lot of funding. And the only people who've got money that are funding is the military and the government, and they're not interested in spiritual philosophical stuff. That's your job and my job is to put it out. And that's what the beings are doing. And, and there's this idea that we came in waves. So there's three waves that have come in to, to uh, you know, make this move to higher consciousness, that we're at this world. We're going to go from the male side to the female side, and it's going to be the female uh, presence and, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, that we've all volunteered to come in here and do it. And uh, it's, but it's a process that's going to take a while. And again, it comes back to what are we supposed to be doing? What, what's our role in this thing? And uh, we're always waiting. It's like the the thing where we, we don't want to do any work. So we're waiting for the government to do it for us. You mm -hmm. know, you know, I, I can't do it and and this kind of stuff. And that's why I say it. it's not Santa Claus. They're, the government's not going to give us this. They, they've told directly. They told us they, they forget it. We, we're, we're not going to change the rules. Uh, you're just curious. Admit you're curious and go study something else. Unless you have the mind of Einstein, you're never going to figure this thing out. 
And uh, so they're doing their own little thing, trying to get their medals and weapons and stuff. And you and I, if we realize there's a spiritual component, we've got to put that out. And eventually the young kids will pick it up even mm -hmm. now with the idea of portals and, uh, you know, multi-dimensions and, uh, uh, you know, uh, computer worlds and all this kind of stuff. It's gradually being accepted that most kids can accept that, yeah, this is probably the world and they will, they will work on it and bring it forward. But it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to happen now. It has to be, what are we here to do? Not do we get the end result? Everybody's always wants like the end result. Let's get it right now. Let's figure it out. And uh, that, that's not what it's about. It's about uh, us doing the job and gradually moving this thing to the next level. And then there's another level and another level and then another level below that. And it just gets more and more complex. That's what I found in 48 years is every time you look, it gets more complex than it was before. Almost like Jacques Vallée said, you're sitting there. It's like what, sitting in a movie theater and looking at the screen. And he said, you know, I, what, what I like to do is rather than watching the thing on the screen, I, I look behind me and I see that little hole in the wall with the lights coming out. I'd like to get the, the keys. And I, when the theater closed down, I'd like to go into that little room and find out what's going on. And that's what mm -hmm. we're trying to do. We're, we're, we're watching the, the sort of the, the screen, the stuff that's on the screen. And we don't realize it's all being projected, even like it's now been identified. You cannot see absolute reality. You, mm -hmm. you, you cannot you you're looking at desktop icons all the time you you think that you're driving a race car on a video game that's not the video game it's, you're not don't have a steering wheel there's no steering wheel this is just a desktop icon it's there is no email on your desktop there is no garbage bin on your desktop it's just mm -hmm. an icon the, the actual reality is way behind that and that's what we've got to realize is that reality cannot be seen and that we're looking at all these images and symbols and uh, they're, they're all telling us something. And the more we work on it, the more we sort of understand that it's a lot less physical than, than, than we think it is. And it's, uh, to me, it definitely it's going to be, and it's my guess, it's all consciousness. It's all this, everything is an activity inside consciousness. There's no mm -hmm. nouns, it's a verb, it's alive, and, and uh, it's growing. And it's getting more and more complex all the time. Do you think that there, that there will ever be anybody in the government that admits to this stuff? Uh, they can't because if you're the government and you're being financed by the government, you've got a security clearance. You, you have mm -hmm. to keep shut. That's why uh, I've never taken a security clearance. And every time someone says, oh, I got something for you, but you can't tell anybody. So you tell me I'm telling everybody. Uh, I, I've had enough of this you know, nonsense where I've got mm -hmm. a, a, a non-disclosure agreement and I can't talk. It's enough. We, we need to put out what we've got. If everybody put what they had on the table, we might be able to solve something. But everybody's got this sort of secret. They're waiting to get a patent or whatever. So there may be the odd person in the government um, who knows? For example, if you've ever followed the Chris Bledsoe story, a very famous story, I had a big experience with him, but he, he just wrote a, a best-selling book about his experience in 2007. And he had all these government people because he has a very high level of contact in, mm -hmm. his, in his place in North Carolina. And he went to the, the, the top guy, his name is uh, uh, Tim Taylor, who had a download. He told me the story about his download experience. I actually met the guy. And uh, Tim Taylor said, Tim, Tim, why you got all these military people? Where are these intelligence people? They're all on my property. My family's all upset. My kids are, are getting ridiculed at school. And what are all you people doing? You, you guys know you, you, you got to, you got satellites, you got all this stuff. You got to know what's right. going on. And, and Tim Taylor says, yeah, we, we know what's going on. We, we know, we know they're here, but he said, they, they don't talk to us, Chris, they're talking to you. It's evident that they seem to like you, Chris. They don't like us. They don't talk to us. So we've come here to find out what are they telling you? And that was the whole deal. They, they, that's what they said. They're not talking to us. So we kind of find, and that's the idea is because we cannot control the phenomena. We watch those who the phenomena is affecting. So when you do research, you've got to talk to the people who are having the experiences. Don't get into the, the game of 
whose opinion, who's left brain, who's got a better uh, idea. Mm -hmm. You've got to talk to the people who are having the experiences and then you'll start to see these patterns of bizarre things like, you know, the, the, the craft is alive. It's conscious. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the thing is within you that if you want to go from one side of the galaxy to another, you just imagine it's within you and you, and you can go instantaneously across the galaxy, that kind of stuff. Or you can see in 360 degrees, which people in near death experiences will describe. I can see in 360 degrees out of body experience. People say I can see in 360 degrees. So if you're on a UFO craft and you're going to make up a story, that's not something you want to put in your story. Oh, I can see in 360 degrees. Right. When I first saw it, I thought that's bizarre. I mean, why, how, is that possible but you'll see all these cross all these paranormal phenomena they're all talking about this 360 degrees or people who can see blindfold i i do this stuff for the blindfold children which is extremely important kids running around blindfold they're gonna read books and stuff like that if that's true there's something wrong with our idea about how things work and that's where we got to realize we got to be sort of uh you know a little bit less egotistical and realize there's some stuff that we can figure out but you've got to talk to the people who've been in the field so if you have not had an experience then you're all you got is opinion but if you don't, then you find people who've had the downloads and have had the experience in the field and you start asking them and you start seeing these patterns and they will tell you what's actually because in the field, the material is absolutely right. Whether it's Einstein's theory of relativity, the quantum atom by Bohr, all these sort of things. When the idea came to him, it was absolutely right. There was no, nothing wrong. It was absolutely the way it was supposed to be. The field has the exact pro proper information. The left brain is just making stuff up. So you got to find someone who's in the field whatever that thing is, whatever their experience is, and mm -hmm. they will tell you uh, all sorts of stuff, especially if they're doing precognitive stuff like that. You mm -hmm. you you start to see these patterns as to uh, how they're in there. Or even when I did the, the contact modality book, I talk about all these different things. And one of them is trauma. And people get all upset about that. And trauma is a big thing. If you mm -hmm. are a, a, a woman who's had childhood abuse issues, a lot of these women become mediums. You're trying to shut out the world and all of a sudden, well, you're talking to your dead grandmother. Trauma rips the filter. Or if you've had a right. head injury, if you had a near-death experience, you go through a front windshield of a car. These people, suddenly they become psychic and they're, they're, they can see dead people and, and all this kind of stuff. And that's the whole thing. It's trauma. It's this idea. How do you shut the left brain down? And sometimes you need to go through a front of a windshield of a car to shut the left brain down. And when mm -hmm. that's down, people go, oh my God, suddenly I realize like it's non-local and there's no time, there's no space and there's my dead mother and all this sort of stuff. And, and you've got to listen to those people that they are not making stuff up. They're telling you the story. And it gives you an idea that the world is not the world the way you thought it is. It's not mm -hmm. the right naive reality of what we were taught as kids. It's it's what this phenomenon, all these phenomena are doing is they're they're gradually chipping away at that and telling us the world is this really weird place. And if you explore it, you're going to realize things that you didn't know that the world is not flat. The sun does not go around the earth. Things are not solid. Uh, mm -hmm. there, there, there's there, even a hundred years ago, we were arguing saying there's only one galaxy. People don't realize that there was a big debate in 1920 between two of the top as astronomers in the United States about whether there was more than one galaxy. And the one guy, the top guy ran the Harvard astronomy said uh, the, the observatory said, no, there's only one galaxy. And that's like, you know, we don't realize how much we've got wrong. Every time we learn something new, we realize something we had was wrong. And we've got to realize there's a lot of stuff that we got wrong. That's what they told me. You're so arrogant. You think you know everything. And okay. and, and uh, then I, I challenged them at one point. They said, you know, and I said, I'm sick and tired of you guys going after me about ego. And, uh, you know, you think you know everything and stuff. I said, I'm just figuring, trying to figure out what's going on. So you tell me what the hell's going on. And then they, they say, they said, we don't know either. And I went, oh, come on. You know, what I mean? <laughs> so I, I had this thing. And when you've had the experience of sort of being in the field, 
where mm-hmm. you know for a fact where you were and this was not the real world, then then it becomes obsessive where you start finding other people who had these experiences and you sure. start realizing these these patterns and there's stuff that we can learn to figure out how the world actually works. Absolutely, absolutely. So what do you see happening in, in, in the future with all this? Like you talked about the future generations being more open to this, but as far as our generation goes, do you see I, any headway made? Well, I, I think that you're going to get a disclosure type thing where it's going to be confirmed that the, the cra- they have crafts, they have bodies and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. being pushed. Uh, there's even a big disclosure today um, out of Canada, and I was involved in some of that, uh, that the Canadians had metal and stuff like that. So you're going to get that kind of disclosure. But that's when you get the, the whole thing uh, is then everybody's going to ask, well, how did they get here and what is it? That's when you move from well we got bodies and we got crafts but we really don't know where it is and then people are gonna go oh come on you know where it's from it's from zeta reticula i admit it and and they go no i don't think it's from we don't really know and that's the thing because you've got an apport something that fell out of the ceiling because you've got it and i've got a bunch of apports it doesn't mean that you know where it came from i mean it's the, Mm -hmm. the whole deal and so you're going to see a partial sort of disclosure thing where uh, we're moving to this point where there's going to be admission that there is this weird stuff going on, which is a major thing. It, it basically says uh, the world is more than the physical world because that's what we're being taught. It's just a random biological world where things just bang into each other at the mm-hmm. at the, the right angles and it's just happening by accident. And this is going to say, no, it's probably not happening by accident. They're finding some way to bypass time and space. And some of the stuff we've got is wrong. So you're going to get that kind of disclosure. But it's the the idea of the uh, I don't think there's that many people in the government that know the 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 consciousness aspect although consciousness is is sort of moving as well it's one you know one funeral at a time uh you could not talk about consciousness uh mm-hmm. 20 years ago for sure right and, right and now people are talking about consciousness and this sort of thing most people don't know what even in ufos people will talk about consciousness they've got a clue what they're talking about because they haven't mm-hmm. had the experience but they, they know consciousness is a key word in the ufo community you got to use it and so people throw the word around uh, but to understand this this real idea that everything may be made out of consciousness, it's the whole uh, what's called the observer effect. It was mm-hmm. in you know with quantum physics that the the particle does not appear until it's measured, until it's observed. Then it becomes a physical particle. Until then, it's in a quantum state, and and that's the kind of stuff where uh, it, it was started with paranormal, and then scientists will say as they did in the quantum thing, they say, well, how, how does this work? I mean, how, how can the thing actually become physical once you observe it? And then Feynman, who denied he said it, said, shut up and calculate because they had cool. the equations and they could create all sorts of electrical uh, empire. Most of the stuff we have, electrical stuff was built based on these formulas and mm-hmm. said, we don't really care, you know, how this thing happens, this paranormal thing about it, the observer effect and stuff like that. Just shut up and calculate and do the calculations and let's let's make some money. Let's invent some stuff. So that's the, that's the big crux is when we get that thing of moving from Yes, there's this weird paranormal um, uh, quantum stuff going on and uh, somehow they're coming through time and space or the portal thing where they can pop in and pop back out. And I've done a lot of stuff on portals and and you get into that kind of stuff where if they admit that there's portal technology that you can actually go in and pop out of another end, uh, Mm -hmm. then uh, it gets it gets really weird. And we're we're gradually moving to that world. But we were told that by experiencers many years ago that there Mm -hmm. was this uh, three generation uh, thing where we're going to uh, come in. We've all volunteered to come into the world to uh, do this thing, to uh, shift the, the consciousness of people. And that's the shift that's taking place now is this this idea that reality is not what you think it is. Nobody questioned reality like they do right. now. 
now people are are understanding it's uh, it's pr probably pretty weird that there's this this weird stuff is going on and then the big question becomes how is it going on how, how do they actually mm -hmm. do it and uh, hopefully then we have experiences but you'll even see in major documentaries uh, major people who do UFO documentaries will not put experiences in the documentary and when they're confronted as to why they say well we want to stay respectable and so it's like if you say that you're on board a ship and you were you were flying the craft and stuff they don't want to talk to you the same as the government you'll see all the government people that are being investigated they're not investigating experiences none of them are experiences they're all people who were close to craft who got injured and then they say oh they were injured they're a threat we need money for weapons and we need budgeting and stuff like that it's a they're, they're doing a whole different thing they're not going to talk to experiences and experiences are the ones that are having the experience they're the ones that actually know right. they're the ones that are in the field and it's only when you're in the field can you interact interact with higher self until then it's just an opinion and your opinion means nothing it's it's in fact it's going to be wrong it's just an idea that pops in your head you got to talk to people who are actually having the experience and that's when you learn what's actually what you may have a chance of learning what's actually going on or getting closer to reality i don't think you'll ever uh -huh. figure out what reality is but you get closer and closer all the time we we learn and if you look 200 years ago 200 years from now nobody's going to believe anything we talked about now it's going to be like can you believe these people believe this garbage and that's what's happening we're, we're gradually moving and uh, we we always believe that we're got the last piece of the puzzle and the government's got that last piece of the puzzle and they should just give us that last piece of the puzzle almost like max planck the father of quantum physics his instructor in 1874 mm -hmm. professor jolly said max don't go into physics it's 1874. We got this all figured out. There's nothing to do. That's 1874. I figured they had it all figured out. And we still think we got it all figured out. We just need one right. piece. And I find that the more you find out, the real you realize the pieces from all different puzzles. It's upside down. You have no idea what's going on. It just gets more complex the more you look at it. And that's the magnificent world. That it, it is this grand world of complexity, of beauty, of 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 life, of love, of all these different things. And uh, I I I thank God every day that I got to play the game. I could have been done. I could have been an untouchable, born in the mm -hmm. streets of Calcutta, and spend my days in a junkyard looking mm -hmm. for something valuable enough to sell for food for tomorrow. I didn't get that. I got to play in the big Super Bowl. I got to play in this game, and I, I take it with respect every day that I got to play in this game, and uh, I, I love it. And uh, it, I, I couldn't have asked for anything more, even though I was born in the coldest major city in the world, where in Canada, not even Canadians want to visit where I live. Grant, thank you so much. This yeah. hour has blown by. Beautiful. Thank you I for your, I, your interest. And hopefully uh, you get some people that uh, add to the story and uh, yeah. we'll stay in touch. I've learned. Yeah, I've learned so much from you. Okay. You know, it's just it's, it's fantastic. I'd love to have you on again. All right. Beautiful. Yeah. Remember, right. you, got, you got a role here. You got to do something. Yeah. I uh, did figure out what you got to do. And then uh, that's that's all you got to worry about. And thank you for what you do. Thank you for <laughs> the exposure you give and and the the raising of consciousness that you're doing with the work that you're doing. Thank you. Also, thank you, sir. So you okay. have a great evening and I'll Thanks. be in touch again with you. All right. Beautiful. Talk to okay. you later. Bye-bye. Okay. I learned a lot and I hope you guys did too. That was, that was vastly fascinating. Tomorrow we're kind of shifting gears tomorrow. Our good friend, uh, former deputy, uh, deputy coroner, uh, Donna Frankar is going to be with us, along with, uh, you might have heard of this gentleman's name, along with Dan Davies, who's a producer and actor. They have put together, and, and this, is, this, this goes back a, a few years, but uh, Eddie Gein, and if you guys don't know who Eddie Gein is, he was a, uh, a I'm not going to say serial killer, but he he had finishes. And he would, he, and it, it, it was a mother-son thing, you know, and, and so he would dig up 
kill women and put their wear their skin. In fact, that when they did Silence of the Lambs, Buffalo Bill was based on on Eddie Gein. Anyway, so there was an Eddie Gein musical out there that people have been going to see for, for the past few years, and uh, Dan is Dan and Dan Davies is involved with this, so he's going to be with us tomorrow to talk about that. As is Donna, so that's our six thirty p.m. Pacific show tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that because uh, we're going to hear some stuff about again. That's 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 going to be really interesting. Curl your toes. All right, I'm going to give you his information before I sign off. Of course, I'm where to find him because I forgot to do that. I forgot to ask him. But uh, I want to thank everybody for coming. And if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We are equal opportunity here. Also, if you like the show. Give me some thumbs up. Show me some love. Uh, that's because the algorithms on Facebook and YouTube are based on stuff like that. Not only the amount of viewers you have, but uh, how much people like your stuff. And, and then Facebook evaluates that stuff every few days. And, and, so, and so does um, TikTok and all the other places. And then when they put you higher in the algorithm, more people see you. So if you could help me out with that, I'd appreciate it. But anyway, I want to thank you all for coming tonight. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific for the Ed Gein musical. So here we go. I'm going to show you his contact information, and off we go. Okay, his website is it's allconnected.weebly.com. That's it's all connected, all lowercase, .weebly.com. The books are Carter UFO Tales, and then you've got, Area, uh, you've got UFOs, Area 51, and the government. Next book is the Clinton UFO Storybook and Managing Magic. And then Contact Modalities, which I found really interesting to, to discuss that because it all makes a lot of sense. And you can get those at Amazon. All right, again, I will see you guys tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Have a great rest of your evening.